Episode 38, we're talking about confidence and a sneaky high note helper. Anything to add? Cool. So the first thing today to talk about is how much we're going to stop each other from ranting. <laughs> Very aware that it goes uh, on. That is a rule. We have said that, all yeah. right? So if you're, if you're watching and um, one of us just cuts the other one off like cutthroat. No, sorry, you've had your turn. Yeah. Um, for the English people in, in the world. You'd, you'd, actually, no, and American now. A bit like Jeremy Kyle. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, you've had the turn. This is my show. Um, but we're only doing this because we keep going over time. We're going to try and do 25 minutes. <laughs> and I think we actually spent too long talking about the rule that's going to keep us from being too long. So. Brilliant. Any music today? Yeah, we got, um, we have someone called Rebel Ray. Rebel Ray is an artist we met in uh, the Vocalize You Artist Intensive last summer. Really cool girl, really cool vibe. Um, here's her song. It's called Good Vibes. Didn't look, I didn't look at the laptop. I wonder what she's like if she gets any bad vibes. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's pretty, she's pretty certain on the good ones, isn't she? Yeah, but I because um, yeah, she, but she's all good vibes. Yeah, all Remember? the time. Yeah. She did leave us a little review, actually, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think you know she did. Yeah, you know, I think you know she did. Yeah. I met Steve and Chris at their workshop here in Hollywood, and it was miles beyond the best technical workshop I've ever taken best podcast I've ever listened to because what they're able to do is break the barrier and the scary walls that stand between the technical and creative side of the industry. Embarrassing, isn't it? I'm, I'm embarrassed. Why? I, hate, I hate being the centre of attention. Do you? Yeah, I hate it. I just like to sit back and be modest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, especially when people talk about how great you Praising are. Praising me. Yeah, it's... Praising me all the time. It's... it's um. It's tough to deal with, but it's all part of the training. If anyone else wants to leave us like a review and just say how much any part of what we've done might have just influenced their life, don't bother. <laughs> just get embarrassed. Oh, uh, yeah. Or we'll just edit it because it's, it's probably going to be more like, God, you guys are knobs. Yeah. Yeah. And you... Um, cool. Cool, then. That's my dad. It is as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'll ring you back later, Dad. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off like just, that. Just to, um, just to clarify, <laughs> we do, we, we're quite happy with people telling us those things because we're very insecure. <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you not let that one go into like the subliminal they would have picked it up anyway? I just want to be clear. Yeah, yeah, you really need it, don't you? Yeah. You really need that love, don't you? Hey, good. Um, today's a great show. A short one. 
Right, today's a short show, we've already rattled on. Um, however, it's a short show, but we have to slip in an unplanned piece about Prince. Mm. Whoa. That came out of nowhere. Couldn't believe it. Because mm. that happened yesterday. Because we're re- obviously we don't release this on the same day we record it, mm. do Steve? That would be a fallacy. Um, so, yeah. What, a, what, what is your favourite Prince tune, or has been your favourite Prince tune? I mean, for me, Purple Rain. It's just... Yeah, because it's just an absolute anthem. I don't think there's any way around it, really. What about you? No, do you know what? I agree with you as well. I love Purple Rain. However, I love finding out about covers, you know? Mm, mm. And when you hear the original to Nothing Compares to You from Sinead O'Connor, but when he sings that with Rosie Gaines live, which mm. is the only recording of it, it's ridiculous. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And Rosie Gaines is a brilliant singer. Like you say, there's a lo- so many tracks that even in recent years that he's released, it didn't get the the um, the traction that the other songs did in the past. But no. just an absolute amazing talent. Amazing talent. Mm. I feel for you for Shaka Khan. Absolutely brilliant mm. tune. Um, so yeah, a sad day in the world of music. A sad day. But let's move on from that. We are we are today um, going into our normal vibes uh, after that small homage um and today we're talking about confidence yeah should should i hit you with the question let's go so this is from sarah she says hi guys um this seems to be a common theme here um first off just let me say i I love your podcast oh it's just twice in one show stop it you could have warned me so much great information what are you no need for it has really inspired me and helped me to Still improve there. my singing by leaps and bounds. Okay, dragging it off slow. There we go. Uh, the thing I really need most help with now, though, is confidence. I am a self-conscious person by nature, and that definitely doesn't help my singing. Every time I sing in front of people, I get so terrified that I can't perform well. What are some ways that you would suggest overcoming this performance anxiety? Thanks, Sarah. Mm. So we've got a few episodes on it already. Yeah. And just for the sake of, if anybody wants to do the homework on that, we've had a couple of uh, perspectives on this from Michael Goodrich, which is episode 30. Um, he, that was more like mindset. Uh, Wendy Parr covers it in short in um, uh, episode 28. Um, where she's like kind of linking it to enjoyment, uh, mostly from memory. And then Mike Cunningham. Yeah. Cunningham. Um, and Chip Jenkins. And Chip Jenkins. She episode 17. 17? Good guess. Uh, Mike Cunningham is episode 22. So we've got quite a lot of perspective on this, right? For but good reason, because everyone's talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And it what comes up in the studio all the time. Yeah. So, so if we were going to then cover... Um, a, a perspective that you felt was actually fresh or a different angle where would you yeah. go with that well it's tricky I mean we're not confidence coaches no so it's really hard to give the advice it goes hand in hand with singing because you want to perform and everyone's scared of performing but it doesn't mean that a vocal coach has got the, the all the answers you know mm. what I mean but that said looking back through research and and actually then applying that to watching people in the studio and going out on stage, you can start to form some things, right? Mm. And like, just a very quick story, personal story. So, you know, just so Sarah knows that I'm feeling her pain. When I went to China, do you know I went to China? Yeah, I think you said it about a hundred times. Went to China. Times. 
last month, and uh, all all of the trip, there was a, there was a, there was a rumor going around that I it started with a vocal coach, but then I ended up being a rock star <laughs> from the UK. So all of the Chinese Chinese whispers, Chinese <laughs> absolutely brilliant that there one. Sorry, go, carry on. Yeah. So, but and that's an amazing thing to have when you're when I you're walking around and Chinese girls are asking for your number and all that kind of stuff, which I declined. But um, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know if that's a joke. Or I, not. No, I, said I, my don't ma- know. I said my manager wouldn't allow it okay. just to get out of the awkward situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to put that. you off your real concern, which is music. Exactly. Yeah. But brilliant, lovely vibes. Everyone loves you. And then, uh, and then it comes on a bus when everyone you've been spending a whole week with, the, the, the guide has a mic at the front and she says, I'm not going to do <laughs> Yeah, I don't, don't. I don't think we're ready for that yet, no. are we? She says, hey, everyone, guess what? We've got a rock star on the coach, and he's going to finish off the week with a song. Was it like? <laughs> <laughs> was it like "Kill Me Now"? Yeah, oh, my, I'm feeling now. Stop it, right? <laughs> thing is, thing is, that right? I don't know if anybody else feels this, but when you're one to one with somebody and they ask you that in the street, I've found a way to get out of it. Just in case anybody wants to know this, is to bring the reality and say, "Look, I know what you want right now. I'm not going to deliver it." <laughs> I can think of many scenarios this would work. Sorry, carry on. But but it really, your expectations of what I'm about to deliver are way beyond what's going to happen. <laughs> so because like, I'm a bit nervous, I haven't got a mic. There's no vibe. You're expecting something. I don't know. So let's just agree that it's not appropriate. I'm going to walk away. Both people haven't lost in this situation because you're going to lose because your expectations are too high. I'm going to lose because I look like an idiot. <laughs> Right. So, um, at least so for Sarah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Basically, you should just say, bring it, bring it back to reality, Sarah. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about what's really going to happen. Right. Okay. But, but you anyway, can't. You can't, you can't do that on a bus. You no, can't you, do that on a bus when they're going. What reason with everyone? Yeah, it's like, you, whoosh, you, whoosh, you, whoosh. you. Let's have this talk. You can't. So I, I stepped out, and yeah, boom. Why? And people may question this. Me being a vocal coach. For twelve, uh, for how many years is it now? Not twelve years, know, know, whatever, 48 years. Um, it seems a bit strange, but no, that environment that I go into there isn't an environment that I'm comfortable with, and it sounds obvious. But every time we walk into a new scenario, a new environment, whether that's public speaking, whether that's singing Happy Birthday, whether that's standing in front of a bus and talking about and, and singing in front of tons of people, it's a new environment that the bod, the bro- your mind goes. Okay, this is a, this is a new situation. I'm assessing this. Last time this happened, or something like this happened. This happened. We go into protection mode, mm-hmm. right? And I know it's obvious, but it does. And we we go into, am I going to be? Am I getting attacked here? Mm-hmm. And it's less obvious because this is a social attack. And we are built to be in communities and be accepted. And it's almost like the fear is we're going to be rejected from the community, right? And, 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 if, and that's the thought going through the mind. Cortisol, boom. We just, it's, the blood starts to pump. And that's why we get the symptoms. That's why we get the uh, locked, lock here, <laughs> lock here. And it's just not good for I get, I get the, do you get sweats as well? Yeah. It starts to get really warm. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm just more like here, just like. Just, oh, it's funny how you different, express it different. Yeah, express it different. Yeah, and so um, how did that turn out anyway? That 
I mean, I got away rendition. with it. I mocked the other guys, you know, I did all the jokes. Well, you want a really high-quality bus mic as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you sound like a garage MC. Yeah, it was, it was horrific. It just wasn't good. So my, my friend filmed it, and I told him to delete it straight away. And delete it from the deleted archive, you know, on your phone. <laughs> but wasn't it that same friend who started the, Steve, yeah. Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a lovely bloke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we, yeah we were a mean friend, but it was close. But, <laughs> but so, back to Sarah's question. What's the deal? I like to look back to Albert Bandura and his, um, I don't do it often. I just, you right. know, I wrote a blog on it a few years ago. He did a study on how to get over the fear of snakes. And, it, and long story short, it's step by step. Can we do something that, facilit that, that helps us get into that environment that isn't the full extent of the environment being on stage, but maybe a, a step closer to it? Uh, uh, sort of dipping your toes in. Yeah, and getting more familiar with that situation step by step. And, uh, and I say he does it with snakes, you walk into the room, like they're just looking at snakes outside the room, then they're inside the room with a snake in a box. But that makes a lot of sense. And I think that the, there's another TED talk, David Kelly, I think it's David Kelly, he, and he talks about turning the fear into familiarity. Arity. Making, I'm, that word, making fear familiar. Same thing, and it's, it's all the same stuff, but for, the reason why I don't think a lot of people do it again, not a confidence coach, but just from the outside, is that it's a long process. Mm. And you've it's got not to... It's going to happen like, hey, bang, I'm confident, or is a pill. Bosh. And what's the, in, in the singing world, what's the thing that happens most? I've got an audition on Saturday. Yeah, I suddenly need to be supremely confident. Right, in something that I haven't been involved in before. Mm. So it's almost going, okay, and this is why, you know, we've got some tips and steps to do this in a bit later on, but going, as a, as a general... There may be an audition that I've got to do in April 2017. Next month, I'm going to do this. Next month, I'm going to do that. And it's a, and it's a schedule. And I guess that's what confidence coaches do. I don't know. I mean, I would, I would hope so, because that seems pretty logical to me. Mm. But, um, but th yeah, that's, that's, I think that's why we get so wound up in the short term, because it is a long game. Yeah. And, um, and you, well, you know, like, I, I do think back, you've just reminded me, actually, like, what to do next month. Confident coaches are putting things in place and just listening to someone like, I think it was Tim Ferriss or someone talking about how to get more confident with people is to, when you're with a, when you're with a bunch of people that you don't know, that's the idea, you, you mustn't know mm, them or mm. know them, like there must be like your friend's friends who you just met. Right. You, you have to lay on the floor and say nothing. That was Tim Ferriss, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> you just get down, lay on the floor for 30 seconds. Yeah. And get up and say absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like it just happened. And it, uh, yeah, I can understand how that can actually amazingly break the ice, be possibly be incredibly liberating. I've never tried it. I don't mm. think I'll have a problem with trying it, to be yeah. honest with you, but I've never tried it. But yeah, that's, again, it's not getting on stage. It's getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that was more related to sales, wasn't it? Something like that. Like yeah. getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. And let's face with it, being on stage is uncomfortable in front of a bunch of people who you don't know yeah what's your experience with it then? oh well you know you know you're very much more into that sort of subject on it like obviously you quoted research but you know when when i look at um texts for that or training for that like i take some of this stuff on board obviously i look to my own experiences back in the day and my own experiences of confidence are woeful like 
really lacked in confidence. And I know from looking back at past videos um, that will never, never be deleted that um, I lost my shit on stage so many times. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw. Die, yeah, <laughs> dying on my ass. Uh, mind you, remember that dance room that you got okay, wrong? Then. And I played it over and over again because that was that better come? than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the dying on the ass moments on stage are numerous. Yeah. And I can say, uh, to a large degree, that knowing how to use my instrument was integral to feeling confident. Mm. Right. So if Sarah's wondering, like, oh, why do I get anxiety? Look, look. If if you if you haven't ever sung a song perfectly ten times in a row, like it was a almost a carbon copy, mm. um, which is which I might add was never the case with anything I got on stage and sang in front of a thousand people with video cameras on me, right? Mm. I could never say that about that song. Mm. Mm. I could say that I got it right fifty percent of the time. Right, right. So subliminally, I'm doing that beginner's mistake of I sang it once right, so I can sing it. No. No, no, no. Mm. You need to not be able to get that wrong. Almost not. And then, sorry, just to jump in there. Then we've got the very grey area of our own perception of what's right and wrong. Yes. Over what isn't going to sound ridiculous on stage mm -hmm. to other people, right? It's, it's a very grey area, yeah. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that within the parameters of what's acceptable. And yeah. I think, I think um, we both agree on this, which is... You can feel a lot more confident in life in general if you admit your faults mm. and you accept your faults. And as performers, we often we are living in the boundaries of, of what's acceptable in terms of faults and stuff. So, and depending on your industry, that parameter is bigger or smaller. I.e., if you're in theatre perfection is almost like drilled into you mm. and that's why I think anxiety can be high in that in that game right there's no acceptable flat note in theatre really no. you get absolutely cane for it right in if you're Ed Sheeran or you're Whitney Houston were Whitney Houston you know shame but those guys could go wrong all the time but contemporary world um, and contemporary listeners are far more open to like the odd mistake here and there, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so the audience um, have an acceptability of the amount of mistakes, and if you just let yourself accept that, and let your mistakes come out and don't freak out about them, <clears throat> then I feel that for me, that allowed me to build my confidence. Mm. If I have to flip to a high note or I can do it full or if I went flat, you know, okay. the whole performance was like, you guys were amazing. That's what we want to hear because it's more about the vibe, the persona, not just the notes. Mm. If I hit most of them, great. If I don't hit a few, no one remembers, right? So, Yeah, so um, I like that. I like that. It's almost like, it, it's almost starting a strategy here, but it's, the being is again Bandura self-efficacy. I think he coined that phrase, but mm -hmm. that's the uh, ability to, or the understanding that you have the ability to do what you're just about to do. Mm -hmm. In short, right? Yeah, is what you're talking about. Um, but um, but it, you you briefly you, you touched upon mistakes, and a lot of people I hear a lot of people say you just got to learn to get you know to get over your mistake. Like don't worry about going wrong. But the point is we do. Yeah, and and to some level we have to. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that it's a not worrying about mistakes is a byproduct of being comfortable in the environment of knowing your instrument. Yes. 
So if knowing your instrument is making yourself familiar with one aspect of performing, that's the first one. And the other side effect of that is not really worrying about the mistakes. Yeah. It's like about 80-20. When you first start singing, it's like, um, you know, 80% is going to go wrong, 20%. Yeah, might, the, might sound alright. Right. And then it just shifts. <laughs> so that's why you don't care about a 20% because there's so much going right. That's technique, step one, being familiar with technique. You got any more? Yeah, do you know what? Um, uh, singing on stage, I think, goes along with the public speaking thing. As in, everyone's absolutely petrified of public speaking, mm. right? And even so, even when we first break the ice at a gig, when the music goes down and then it's our show mm. and we talk, I still get the whole, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Uh, or, or they're going to think I'm an idiot, right? Yeah. It goes away straight away. Yeah, as soon does. as I start talking, it goes away straight away. So we can all share that whole, when the gig's about to start, you feel a little bit... Rrr. However... I know a lot of anxiety from singers comes from, yes, I might not be happy what's, with what's going to come out. That's going to stress me out. When a song finishes before the next one starts, I have to talk to people. Mm. I have to say things and I have to appear cool, profound, you know, whatever. Like, I, I have to appear in this vision I might have built up of myself that in my case, in my case only... I built up a persona in my head that I was some kind of absolutely cool geezer, like Prince, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Who was just, I don't know, like a draw. And the truth is, I'm a goof. You're not. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm an absolute goofball. I, I, I say inappropriate things, and I was stifling my true personality for these words that I thought were far cooler, which I would trip over, um, my sentences would end without me making any sense, right? And I would obviously go introvert and be like, right, I'm not, I'm not talking anymore, right? Mm. After, after many gigs together, I suddenly started to gradually let myself come out, who I am, and I didn't worry about who thought whether they like me or not, you know. Like, mm. People come to our gigs because they like us. You know, people who don't like it, they'll leave the room. Great, you be yourself and you'll be the filter for everyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, that's for me, again, just to pull it back to the why that works is because, again, it's it's in the environment, you're not, you're, you're familiar with the person you are every day. Mm. And that's natural. If you're not being the person or acting in the way that you normally would, then what you're actually doing is putting yourself in a new, unfamiliar environment. So again, anxiety is just going to raise. Mm. So, technique, being yourself, anymore? Well, we got some steps, haven't we, that you were quite keen, yep. keen to do, mm. um, down with the whole getting involved in the environment but not fully in the environment, mm. you know? Mm. So if you are suffering from confidence, we have to make the first step, don't we? Mm. And that could be... I think an out-and-out -out solo performance might, for some people, be just tipping it over the edge a little bit too much. So let's say that the opportunity for you with, with some understanding friends or your vocal coach is to stand there and sing harmony, you know? And in, when we were gigging in the choir before, we would often do that. Um, uh, before we did solos, we would do small group harmonies, right? So, and I've got some really big clients who love doing harmonies because they can, they can be on stage and not experience as much pressure to perform, but still get used to the environment, the sounds, you know, the mic mm. itself. Mm. You've got some people with you, and you know, from us being in a four-piece harmony act for the yeah. past 12 years, 
wow, that gets comfortable, doesn't it? It does, yeah. When you've got mates to bounce off of, you know, the focus isn't entirely on you. If you're having a bad night, you know, it's not it's not just like the show isn't just riding on you if one of us has got a cold we're not going to go like oh my god the night's ruined it's like you can just cover me mm. so I don't need to feel like like a load of pressure totally and that's what it means to get on stage with more than one person mm. yeah. so I think I think that like like we discussed earlier that that would be a really good first step to BV's, start experiencing the stage yeah BV's choirs choirs yeah so and, and I think if this is a strategy, Sarah, for you to get on to the stage next year, then be very aware that, and it, because we've noticed it, we've been in choirs and we run them, but after six months, your comfort levels within the choir will raise and you'll be in a place where this is really cool. And I think a lot of people just hang around in that choir and that's fair enough, you enjoy it. But if the goal is still to get on stage next year, that might be the time when you go, this has served its purpose. Yes. Let's move on. And that is just, I know it sounds very, very brutal, but this is for the purpose of getting on stage, not for it, the enjoyment of, you know, yeah. different purpose. But yeah, so, okay, back in vocals, choirs, karaoke even. Yeah. Doing a bit of that. That's why it works so well, because everyone doesn't care and they're drunk. And maybe you're just going to sing a song that isn't very serious. You can have a laugh with mm. it, you know, rather than pick Celine Dion, which is you know, are going to be a serious ballad. Mm. I think, you know, just getting used to the stage and just singing something a little bit more chirpy, a little bit more fun, so that you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't feel like the expectation to deliver an incredibly emotional performance or, or even, as ballads often go, like really high. Yes. Or really loud. Yeah, that's why Son of a Preacher Man yeah. And uh, what's the other one? The other one comes out of character all the time. Oh, God, yeah, there's, there's legions of songs, but yeah. Yeah, you know, but that's where they all come out time after time because they're the ones that just, all right, yeah, I can basically speak this song. Yes. Um, so, you know, getting involved in that sense, I guess the next level would be, uh, on the journey, would be something a bit more formal, whether yeah. it's like an open mic night or if your vocal coach is doing something like, a student, like we put on student performance nights and... Yeah. And... Um, and when, you know what I like about those, mate. By the way, is um, that the crowd is supportive. Mm. So in in, open, in student performance nights, um, they're often mm. supporters of the students and not just the general public. Totally. You know, and obviously we know in any sense whether you're even if you're just the most experienced performer, the public will still be brutal in their review of you on, mm. on occasion. Mm. So when you've got a supportive crowd who are coming to see a student performance night, you know then. It's all, it's all encouragement at the end of the day. Absolutely. And you've worked on those songs with the vocal coach to ensure they're stable and you're feeling good and you didn't just pick them three days ago and feel, feel like you have to do something new. Yeah. And all that stuff can just tip, tip that over the edge again. Yeah, so being se- that's just being selective, isn't it, with yeah. the performance environment that you go into. And then, you know, enough of that long term long game doing that over and over again so you get more comfortable for the point where, to the point where you can just choose something the way you're just you're just out there you're exposed it's your gig mm. or whatever yeah. maybe supporting somebody first might work but we get the general gist it's, it's step by step and being very very structured with this it's 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 a massive deal confidence and i don't think that we I mean, guess some people do, and there's some coaches out there that teach it for that good reason. But I don't. All of us expect to have this elusive confidence in singing because we can sing a bit or whatever. But it's a different skill. Mm, completely you know? different skill. Um, so yeah, Sarah. We, I guess all that's left to say then. You know, we, we've gone step by step mm. into a more heavy environment, if you like. Yeah. 
but the frequency of gigs has to increase. Yeah. You have to get out there and experience like it that really tough thing. Um, if you leave too long between gigs, that gig will feel like the first one every time. You know, a week, you know, seven days, fourteen days before you do something else. You yeah. need to keep dropping in there. Um, and like we've spoken about in the past, you know, when we're singing in the four piece, as we've done for 12 years, it's the most comfortable environment. You could sing the same song like I've done actually in a musical theatre audition, for instance, with a pianist and three people. Mm. Suddenly I'm like, I can't sing my own song anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know what this is, but the environment is has changed and totally. you can almost it's like you almost have to start again with addressing the environment again yeah so and and in in musical theater auditions you know for instance you just have to go to them there's no like there's not many mock musical theater auditions you can attend they're all frigging real right, right? so it's horrible but look at this so example of that is if you went to that audition and you you your technique wasn't at a place where you were comfortable with it mm-hmm. you didn't have that self-efficacy there and then secondly, you felt comfortable within your own shoes. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it long enough or whatever. And you were, even when you walk in the room and speak to the people, it's like, I'm me. Yep. If you didn't have those two things in place to begin with and then spent the time exercising that, you would have been a right mess. Yes. Because of, now the environment's changed as well. I've got no stability here. I'm being attacked. Yeah. I want to run out. Funny enough, that's what you want to do, right? Yes. So yeah. So all. So again, the reason why you didn't fall completely apart there was probably because you had those other things in place. But there's no change in the environment. Like when you get in a new environment, you want every, you want to have everything else in place before you get. In oh there. yeah, and you know, with with um with a lot of uh, situations, you want to be confident. The material might be new as well. So even so, you talk about technique. If you re- if they've gone like, we need you to sing something from the show, and it's in two days, and it's always hard. Mm. It's always challenging then it's like, I haven't even got that to rely on. Like, I haven't had enough time with the song. Yeah. So I really respect those people for that. But um, even if, if we take that as a positive, though, if you do all those different environments enough, mm. you get comfortable in one, you move on, it's going to be more uncomfortable, you move on, like solo, maybe playing with an instrument as well, maybe a huge gig or a corporate then you're going to be supremely confident because you've actually conquered several different environments. Mm. Um, several different situations where you can't hear yourself, where you can, where the stage is big, where you've got a full band, it's backing tracks, where you've been paid, unpaid. Goodness me, like, but that, think about that, that's going to take you, what, 10 years of absolutely rocking it? Yeah. To be so confident. Like, I, I, um, Icing put up a poster the other day saying Jennifer Hudson didn't even open her eyes till she was 19. Because she was just like that. That's how nervous she was. Mm. You know what I mean? She's phenomenally confident. Mm, 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 She's many mm. years down the line now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there would, there would be one more thing we can just to tie this up. I know it's gone on already. What would you say about ranting? I didn't. I didn't do my job. Shut up. I, <laughs> I think if we looked at the pie chart, <laughs> true, some people would say if you if you've taken that journey, all the stuff we've spoken about, Sarah. And this is not. I'm not having a dig. I mean, just, this is generally. And it's still not working out. Some people would say, "Just give up," and that could be. <laughs> but that could be. That could be a negative thing, right? But I, we've got to be real about it at the end of the day. And it's not. We've got to understand that it's what's going on here. And if we've had a life that if something has happened, where it's taken us off, like, and, and made us feel awkward in a certain situation, that's our life. And it may mean that it's not that you're a person that can't do this. It just means your experiences have led you to a place where actually 
you know, I don't know, knitting or something. <laughs> that's the first thing that came. Like, might be better for something where you're not outwardly. And that's when people say, I'm not that kind of person. Uh, you could have been. Yeah. Potential. Maybe you just do recording yeah. instead. Yeah. Or, you know, I guess in some extreme cases where somebody really, really wants to be on stage... Mm you know, they could consider something a little bit more hardcore like hypnotherapy or yeah. therapy itself. Yeah. But, you know, generally we could say that, you know, for the less chronic of nerves, which everyone, everyone experiences, um, dipping in like we've suggested yeah. would, would work so much of the time. Um, and it just isn't going to come quickly is it no and that's and why without it, resistance to from your mind exactly so and that's why a lot of the time people do end up saying this isn't for me i'm out yeah because they just are unable to stick with the, the journey i don't know but and and then age you, you, yeah. you know we're, we're all a little bit more self-conscious when we're younger i feel yes uh not young young as in children but certainly from teens to oh. the early 20s it's like oh my god what do i look like that's all you know, i now care it's about. like don't care yeah. really don't care yeah um so uh so yeah, cool. we've got we've got that then. We've got we've got basically get yourself involved, accept and be yourself. Get your technique grounded. Make sure you can use your instrument, and then start dipping into the environment and ch- and then changing the environment to challenge your confidence. Um, and if that doesn't work, you know, call a doctor or just stop. Brilliant one, that last one. That's I mean, a that's great way to end the very valuable positive cool um okay sarah please contact us if you want any more information but um that was a a very nice discussion again this is what's um uh so do you know what we, we actually uh thought we'd chuck in a little technique nugget just to finish us off four minutes four minutes uh and this is a high note helper and i'd like love it. to i'd love to know how you use these kind of things like mm. straws but we're basically talking occluded onsets to help high notes mm. as in uh using particular exercises as an onset to a high note or a, or a wobbly line in order to stabilize it just to say occluded for anybody that doesn't know occlusion a uh, interruption of the airflow blockage almost yes no, usually the mouth sometimes the nostrils mm. um so we can sometimes use a straw. these yes and yes exactly sometimes mm. a straw or an implement um so we often use these and and we can find opportunities to use these in songs to give us some way of coordinating the vocal muscles and that's the beauty of these exercises mm. is that they the blockage of air and the blockage of energy in the mouth influences the vocal cords very often in a positive way. Um, and so we can talk about straw. So, I mean, for instance, how do you, how would you have used with yourself or with your past clients, mm. um, used a straw to help someone achieve a high note or a, or a tricky one? I mean, it, long, it's pretty obvious, but again, it's a long game. Is that I, I, the, the straw comes out, quite a lot mm-hmm. these days and even even into even in in the early part of a of a workout a vocal workout the notes where you know people are going to be singing in contemporary music and wanting that intensity uh i will hang there just on this females the b flat b c c sharp i'll just get them to sustain find the vibrato with the straw blowing through and um should have brought some in, really, shouldn't we? Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, just just to start to ingrain ingrain that 
wonderful environment with the folds and the whole system that you spoke about. Mm -hmm. And I would, I'd just get them hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, because it is a long game. In that instance, the straw is long term and doing it every day, week in, week out, I feel is one of the best ways to start to ingrain those those coordinations, yeah. right? right? But do you do them do more directly? Similar to you, I would use that as a maybe a primer, you know mm, what I mean? Yeah. Like, get them experiencing the notes on these occlusions. Mm. That could even be like... Mm. Mm. Even on a... Because mm, the nostrils like provide the blockage there. They trap some of the energy. Yeah. So that could be helpful. Straw. Um, just a blockage of the lips. Yep. However, one could take that onto the start of a line. Like, say, I know before we've done, like, if I were a boy, right? Mm. If I were a boy, that kind of thing, right? If, if someone's having trouble with that, really having trouble with that, it's quite nice then to look at one of those occluded shapes, like, mm. maybe even z or zh, um, or even a straw. But what, what, what we'd rather do at this moment is get out onto the open vowel of the lyric itself. So the straw is probably not appropriate. But you could switch it for like, if I were a boy. You mm. know? So we've, we've given the onset to that note. We've kind of used the occlusion to say to the vocal folds, we'd like you to be nicely involved, balanced out, not squeezy, not weak, but just... You know, it, it really gives you something to get hold of. And if I were a vi, you know, you might even, mm. or if I were a vi, maybe mm. you hang on to it a little bit to um, really experience before you open up into a note. If I were a vi, like that. Mm. Um, you see this quite a lot. And it's going to be really helpful to experiment with occluded exercises right on the onset of something. Mm. Um, mm. So I might use it like that, or if there was a lyric with an aspirate consonant in it, where it's unvoiced like F, like if the lyric was like, if ever, if someone's like, if ever, like that, mm. right? It could be the vowel, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We, we always look to vowels to help us, right? But more often than not, with aspirate consonants on the way into something tricky, it's the fact that the vocal folds just come apart. Mm. And it's very Chicken hard. Chicken for the egg. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to be balanced. So we look to whatever the unvoiced consonant is. So in this case, it was F, aspirate unvoiced consonant. We could look to its voice counterpart, which is V. So it might be if ever, and then you actually, you've minimized that F and what you've done, you've created an occlusion at the start of the high note. Also, you've given the um, vocal folds an opportunity to stay together before you ascend. And that's often one of, one of the make or break situations with singers is that the vocal folds aren't really in the right position before they ascend and let rip. Mm -hmm. And that might be the same case for S, where you can turn that into Z. So what would the lyric be like? Uh, and so, like that. But it might be, and so, like that. And so, and turn it into a Z. Mm. Maybe the student might need a little bit of time spent singing it in that way. Mm to feel the coordination and then return back to the normal consonant 
but there's been some stability trained in there. Or, as I still do, maybe you would need to say the F with an element of V in it, but just not so obvious. Mm. If ever! Yeah. Like, minimise the F so it turns into more of an occluded, voiced consonant yeah. instead of a airy, weak one. Mm -mm. Well, it's funny, we compartmentalise all the time, don't we? The vowel, or is it the inertance, or is it the, you know, that's creating this to become a is this helping this become a better situation? Which one is it? Mm. But in fact, all of those things come under uh, an occluded exercise because guess what? The vowel is going to change when we, when we, yes, you know, so everything's changing. So it's hard to say it's exactly that, but for whatever reason, those shapes bring about a better environment. Yes, and um, possibly and, and, for the larynx position as well. Exactly, and you know the point is we've been using these for years, but just maybe not as extreme as the examples you gave. Mm -hmm. You know the G's and the B's replacing the consonants on the start. They're occlusions. Yes. So the same thing. It's it, but but I like the way this is extreme. I like the way that it's going to change drastically change the experience for the singer. Yes. And then get a different result. Yeah, and obviously if there's not enough of a result in the lyric, you're going to have to get off the lyric and get onto something um, a little bit more practical and useful. Mm. Like if you have a favorite vowel, you might just switch the lyric out for the vowel, but maybe you do again return to an occluded consonant like mum, if mum, that kind of thing. You know, yeah. M and N have been very popular in the past to create the right onset yeah. because of their occluded nature. I know it was never explained to us like that when we first started training, right? Yeah. But Certainly, in, in, in the research of occluded exercises, it's, for, it's, it's easy to see why those consonants can mm. be extremely helpful. They knew what they were talking about back in the day. Yeah, they did. Things, yeah. yeah. Cool. So that was a little, a little nugget for you guys. It'd be really interesting to see how you get on with it. Definitely nine minutes. Did we, have, we, have, we, have we ruined it? I think we've screwed it, haven't we? Again. Anyway, if, it, look, look, if anybody... Whatever, move on. ...likes the... I mean, doesn't mind it being long. Can you just let us know? We're just a bit kind of anxious about the fact that some people might be thinking, well, yeah, this is long. Yeah, what's the ideal time? Yeah. Is that what we're talking? What's the ideal time? If, if you don't care, then just give us a thumbs up. This is the thing. If we ask it now at this stage of the show, and we say, look, can, any, can everybody just comment on the Facebook post of this video and say, thumbs up, love the, love the length, or could be, we, we won't be hurt, could be longer, could be shorter. Um, let us know. If no one responds, we know no one's watched it this far. <laughs> and that answers the question. And if someone does respond, we've just used you for the algorithm purposes of Facebook. Thank you for putting his, other people's news feeds. Everyone wins. Ah. Cool. Uh, so that is it. What, it. what episode were we on again? Episode 38. 38. Right. That was it. What are we doing? Um, Snapchat. Yep. Let's go on Snapchat. Everyone get on Snapchat. We've got something in the pipeline on Snapchat, actually, to... Uh, to uh, okay. We're going to do something on Snapchat. Get on Snapchat. Download it. Naked Vocalist. Not the Naked Vocalist. Just Naked Vocalist. Bada bing bombo. You're allowed one. Uh, TheNakedVocalist.com. Plenty more blogs and these going up all the time. So just get on the website and read it all. Loving it. We're gonna, we've got a gig tonight. Happy days. Happy days. Yeah. It's a homecoming gig in our hometown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's going very well. We've got piano in the bar, pianist in the bar, support act, and then 
I mean, we're allowed to drink at the half-time break, aren't we? Are we going to do that? But only a glass of port. Okay, of course. But that's customary, Standard, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, From yeah. the old days. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're going to be reliving the past. Yeah. Like sad Big old men. crowd. Knickers. Thrown. Nick, always, had, always had those, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Threw them back, though. Didn't keep them. Did you keep yours? Uh, going to be a good uh, night tonight. So, uh, look forward to that. Great. <laughs>